Welcome back, Hostile Road Trip Podcast fans. We're here in Guadalajara, Mexico at the Boho Hostel with the owner, Roberto. And we're super excited to get this show back on the road. And we're super excited to hear about how you came to create this place and your journey of hosteling in its own. And uh, just from sitting in here, this is what I, I, I almost classify these as a posh tail. This is so nice, you know, and it, Thanks, yeah, and you have that higher level of service, which is so exciting to see throughout the industry and going on. But Roberto, you know, to kind of start off there, how did you get into hostel? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's the yeah. first time I ever do a podcast. So all right. <laughs> this is fun. It's exciting. Um, how did it start? I think it was, it's a family business. It was mostly like my long-term dream to have a hostel to work kind of in the hospitality industry, but mostly hostels because they're very different from oh, yeah. yes. hotels right. and the rest of the, the categories from hospitality. Yeah. I think it all started, this is kind of a fun story. The first hostel I went to was in London. I was like 10 years. That was in 2006. How old were you? Like 10 or 9 You years were 10. Old. Okay. We were traveling as a family. Oh, Europe. Great. All right. We were staying in like very cheap hotels and accommodations, but it was like the last week. And of course, my dad was paying for the whole family, my mm-hmm. sister and my mom. So he was like, London, so expensive. So the only option we have is a hostel. My mom was like, no way, you're not saying we're not saying the hostel. She's never been in the hostel, but yeah, there's yeah. like a bad reputation here in Mexico. That's why we're doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I still remember that place. It was called Piccadilly Backpackers. Okay. So we went to like this very sketchy old building. Yeah. And I remember the first, well, the first day was arriving there. There was like these guys playing GameCube and like some other guys playing the guitar, I was like, wow, this place is so cool. Mm-hmm. And, my, and my parents back then, they were younger, and everyone was like, oh, it's so cool, you're traveling with your family, you have some kids. So ever since we kind of switched our, um, the way we used to see hostels, and from then on, every time we travel, we only stay at hostels. I, you know, and I love that so much. I, I, I often call it, you know, popping someone's hostel cherry in that way of their first experience and it's so important and if a family comes into a hostel like this or a first time backpacker comes into a hostel of this quality i feel like we win them forever okay yeah yeah industry, right? yeah exactly because there is such a bad stigma especially in america especially uh, uh, hostels are the worst the, the movies they made yeah, with that so. the horror movies are just <laughs> just set us back decades so right. it, it's it's frustrating at times but the genesis of this podcast was to share all of the awesome locations and experiences of owners that have opened up hostels so that uh, people can become more aware of them yeah. and we can break down those stigmas because we're confident just as I'm sure you are from your own experience and now from providing that experience that we can break down those barriers and once they do come in they're more than likely to stop looking at hotels and start Sorry, looking at hostels. Yeah, so, but that, so that's so cool that you got exposed to it at a young age and I love that you highlight that it is something that uh, families can travel in. Yeah. And uh, it can be a great experience for young people to see all the different cultures and different things, yeah, open their eyes to so many things. Now, when did that lead you to, when did this location open up? This opened 2000, 2019. Just right before. Right before the right pandemic. Wow. October, so wow. we were just brand new, we opened. Five months later, we had to close. Oh, here. was it a hostel before? Or? No, 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 no. The story. Uh, this was the prop. The this was like a some 
warehouse or something? No, no, office? no, it was like yeah. a tonnery offices. Yeah. It was kind of yeah. very old. So you did everything, remodeled, yeah. remodeled everything. And that, you know, for that's a great topic because I know a lot of fellow hostel owners will listen to this and know the struggle you went through. But to take on a project like this where this isn't just like a house where you threw a few bunk beds in. This is a massive no, this commercial is massive. This renovation. Is, yeah. 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 Now, how many bunks are in here? How many bunk how many, beds? Or how many heads can you fit? What's your occupancy? Uh, I think the maximum is like 62. 62. We also have like private rooms. You have a nice so mixture. Yeah. So you have suites, private, uh-huh. and dorms. They're, They're mostly dorms. We only have three suites, yeah. five privates, and 12 dorms. Yeah. That, that mix is so important to know of, though, because I feel like a lot of especially Americans, are hesitant to try, maybe because they don't want to do the shared accommodation in the dorm, but the private room, yeah, exactly. now they can have that in the exactly. experience. So yeah. I love to see the, the mix in your uh, accommodations to allow that. But you know, 2019, you go through this massive investment and renovation and then you have to shut down. You know, kudos to you for making through it, but tell us a bit about that experience of like going through the pandemic after just over. I was telling you, Bobby, right? Yeah. I was telling him earlier that um, it was not too bad. We had to close for two months. Mm-hmm. And of course, everyone was, it was total, um, no one knew what was gonna happen yeah. next. It yeah. was just like- Uncertainty. Uncertainty, yeah. exactly. But then the, um, the borders, Mexican borders were never closed for the tourists. That was, I think we were One the, the only countries. The yeah. only country in the yeah. world. So yeah. there was many people that have never come to Mexico before, mostly Europeans, that they were like so tired of being uh, quarantined, locked, locked yeah. for months. And yeah. So we were, for the first two months, we could only, uh, the government only let, allow us to open 50% of the mm-hmm. capacity. Mm-hmm. And of course we had all the safety. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, we never had like a inspection. They were telling us that we were gonna have like once a week. Not nothing yeah. happened. So we were trying like, okay, we can yeah. chill out, and then we opened to full capacity. I believe mm. four months later, it was full for the rest of the year. Yeah. And it was it was a for me personally, it was a very beautiful, interesting experiencing the relief of the people coming from like countries where it was like so intense so um what's the word of like restricted restricted yeah yeah yeah. and coming here they felt like free they were like yeah just let's go to tequila let's have some shots upstairs we want a beer no one was wearing a face mask let's go out chapultepec walk for them was like wow two days ago i was in my house you cannot go out anywhere and this is kind of surreal because it's totally different but yeah i I saw a lot of happy faces and people like almost crying when they arrived here so nice. what was the uh what was the inspiration for this place like it's a beautiful facility you designed how did, did you have a background in hospitality or design or tell us how you kind of went through that process or maybe yeah some... well i'm an artist i like to paint and oh. i'm starting sculpture okay. but this was mostly my the project's mostly my sister and i okay um she lives now off grid she's like a pant girl person <laughs> she likes to live on the farm you can see there's a lot of plants and it's very nice we, we knew the place, the, the property was not too big, so at the beginning we thought it was just going to be like two levels, some dorms, a nice rooftop kitchen, that's it. It was, as I said, it was a, it's a family project, but then it's more family joined as investors. investors. Yeah. yeah. So it grew more than what I expected, and uh-huh. I was like, okay, but I was only, always my sister Paloma and myself, mm-hmm. we were the ones who 
we're gonna manage it and be in charge of it. So she was here for the first two years, and then she's like, I hate the city, I love being there, but it's, uh, she has her own project. But yeah. we were, inspiration was like making kind of a safe place, a comfortable place, kind of an oasis inside of the center of the second biggest city in Mexico. Yeah. yeah. So a place where you can come and relax. It's, it's not a party hostel. At the beginning, we thought of making like a party hostel, but there's more host party hostels very close from here. So we said like, why don't we change to like a Smart. different yeah. concept to make it like more laid back, chill. It's gonna be clean, but it's not gonna be, it's social. Right. Yeah, every hostel has to be social, but it's yeah. not the place where there's gonna be loud music and people yeah. getting drunk at 4 a.m. Way easier yeah. to host and operate. That kind of hostel. Yeah, that first hostel. year was kind of a party hostel. Yeah, yeah. So we found out. So so you're not going to last if you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We found yeah. the party will come anyway. The people exactly. will have a good time anyway. Exactly. If you force the party, sometimes you can get out of control and it just turns into a headache. Right. You know, right. So. And there's a lot of good places around. We're in a, like the best area of the city where the nightlife is. So if you yeah. want party, just walk one block away from here and you're going to find yeah. 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 Reflecting on it, like what, would you, what advice would you give to the next person? that maybe in your shoes that was trying to make a hostel like this with their family? Or what did you learn during that process that you think you pass on? Wow, working as a family was a more, the hardest thing That's in my challenging. life. That's challenging. Like yeah. challenging for <laughs> my parents, my sister and I, like, it was very challenging, but in a way it made us like more close Closer. together, working yeah. together. It was, it was very hard, but... Um, the ones that make it through it are tighter. But yeah. Of, in those situations, family or not, or friends or just business, you know, those early struggles, you either fall apart or you fight through. But if you get through, then you are struggling yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm very happy. And the, the end result, uh, yeah, the result was way That's much better than I expected. It was beautiful. Beautiful facility. Um, my advice would be, I think I did a very good partnership with my sister because she's more like in the administrative area she compliments you she compliments mm -hmm. that's the thing like asking for help and not doing everything by your own like compliments yeah. i'm more the social side mm -hmm. uh, we work with volunteers and i would like to be in reception getting to know the guests everyone and she was more like numbers and control and everything that I, I'm, I'm not that person, but it was good because right. as a business, you need both. You need so. both. A good partner. Yeah. 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 Front of the yeah, curtain yeah. and the back of the curtain. Exactly. You know, both equally important, but a lot of times someone has one and not the other. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. If this was by myself, I wouldn't be. Uh, uh, how about the cafe side? Do you, uh, you guys run that internally? Do you outsource that? It's or? Internally yeah. as well. Yeah. We just opened a year ago. Um, what have you learned from having a. A cafe in the hostel. A lot of hostels. Almost. Some hostels have it. Some don't have it. Obviously, running a food business is tough. It is tough. Yeah, I wasn't so expecting to be. Yeah. It is. I thought it was going to be just selling coffee and breakfast. <laughs> Man, <laughs> no, it's no, no. so it's hard to turn a profit or not yeah. lose money. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the food game. And it's you gotta be there. It's very, it's very demanding. Right. I said, but it's been the first months were kind of slow. Now it's getting better. Um, it is uh, like a good. Compliment as well. Yeah. So also, there yeah. were there was a lot. There's a lot of people that are like. Do you get outside people that come yeah. in for you? Okay. That's everyone. Good. The mornings were asking us like we had like the, that free uh, coffee filter filter. Yeah. yeah. But people were asking me like, oh, you should sell me like a sandwich, uh, some breakfast, uh, right. whatever. Listen to what they want, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's been quite more way much more complicated than what yeah. I expected. Do you find that 
like the uh, you guys sell alcohol too or just beer we only have license for beer low wine yeah low, okay um, yeah low alcohol, alcohol content yeah. Yeah, yeah and do outside you find it's very profitable and outsiders come drink like some hostels they find they make more money maybe more of a party hostel from the alcohol yeah. than the beds but where do you um, the thing is in this area there's a lot of bars we were also thinking about instead of a cafe opening a bar upstairs but that's the thing we don't have much of a space uh, yeah it's a total different like energy and vibe to it because I don't know I, I, I like more the idea of uh, coffee by the mornings now we're going to extend to uh, also for lunch and maybe dinners, yeah. But yeah, easier to control that. Yeah, crowd. it's easier yeah. to control, and yeah, there's so many bars around right. that we don't like. No, why you compete yeah. with it? Yeah. Focus on having a great hostel, exactly. and let them have a great exactly. bar. I mean, we sell beers. We make a bunch of activities where there's alcohol involved. Right. So people can have a great time. If you want to bring your tequila, because we don't sell like liquor, mm -hmm. you can. Right. But uh, yeah, it was. So we decided yeah. not to go towards like party yeah. hustle and make it. Yeah. Oh yeah, and a lot of problems that can come with that. Yeah. yeah. But I noticed one of the first things when I walked in was I was taken back of like, oh, well, this is a very nice facility, you know, feels to that level of a hotel grade. But then I also saw that you had that nice activity wall, yeah, uh, yeah. which is so crucial in a like genuine, authentic backpacker hostel. Yeah, exactly. Those social immersion activities and the pushing people together. So it was really cool to see that you still kept that, even though the facility feels more at that higher end. So I think that's a, a really cool new concept model that's happening a lot, where you're finding hostels getting nicer in quality, uh -huh. but they're still keeping their roots, yeah, yeah. you know? And it definitely, you've set up a nice vibe in here with, you know, you have that whole digital nomad, people working remotely. Mm -hmm. and. Right away, I could feel like, oh, this is a place where I could sit down and get some work done as well, which helps you stay longer in the end. So that, that's a beautiful thing that you've created here. How about, uh, how has this summer been in Guadalajara? In this summer? Yeah, how was, coming off COVID, we have a place in Sailita mm -hmm. and it was definitely, seemed like it was a slower summer than, obviously. This was the lowest summer ever. Right, I think everybody. Cooled down because everyone came in a rush, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard someone else also told us that um, most of the tourism worldwide was concentrated in Europe because it was right. before COVID, the first year that it was like fully open, open no again. restrictions. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've seen like a lot of people were traveling in Europe for different countries. But um, high season here, especially, well, Mexico, especially when I had is winter time. Mm -hmm. A month ago, we started being like fully booked and now it's better. Yeah, nice. summer was pretty and What kind of, uh, going into this year, what kind of travelers? Are you seeing different kind of travelers? Are you feeling a vibe? It's all kind of travelers. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. There's, there's a thing with Mexican travelers. They don't know the concept of a hostel. Oh. It's a lot of Mexicans that they book here. They're paying a 250 pesos bump bed. And when they arrive, like, they're like, no, 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 am I sharing a dorm? Like, what's yeah, this? Right. Like, bro, you book a <laughs> six pass share dorm. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, what are you expecting for 250 yeah, pesos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like surprised. And they're like, no, 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 I need a refund. Or some people are like, okay, I'm going to give it a chance. And then they like it. Right. There's many Mexicans that are not aware of this concept or they don't. They, so, many people, they book and they're like, or they book a private room expecting this to be a hotel. And they're like, yeah. no, we're a hostel. And they're yeah. like, what's a hostel? Oh, it's dorms, shared areas. Do you have a big seasonal difference? Like, uh, we have a place in Sayulita, and in the 
wintertime, you get many Americans, Europeans, Canadians, yeah, and yeah, in the summertime, mostly. you get many Mexican travelers. Yeah, wintertime is people from colder countries that come to. Okay. And the same thing. Warmer winter here. Yeah. Do you change your hosting styles, your activities that kind of cater to the culture, yeah. cultural norms? Of, well, um, wintertime, it's more kind of a party. Like the, from November, I think, to Easter. It's where we mostly make like pop curls and there's more like these activities of party. Right. And for the rest of the year, they're like hiking or let's go for the waterfalls. It's so hot, you want to go somewhere else gotcha. out of the city, let's go make a hike. I don't know. Yeah. It does change, but right. it's, yeah. Seasonal. What's your age demographic, you'd say? Like range? Do you have it? I noticed we were staying in a dorm room upstairs and there was an older woman standing there and I always love to see the wide age range. I love to see the older travelers and younger travelers. They're not very young. I'd say mid-30s. Mid-30s? Yeah. And I could see how this would create a comfortable space for them and then maybe the party hostel has the younger... Sadly. Yeah, yeah. No, I could... And do you offer co-living or do you guys dabble in the co-living space to try to have long-term people in the slower season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had people staying here for almost a year. They become right. like part of a family. Nice. Or they, they can also sometimes they're staying for long and we need volunteers. So like, hey, you want to volunteer with nice us? Transition. Yeah. Good yeah. exchange. And right. yeah. Any struggles with that in the long term? Um, that you've come across with that? Or has that gone pretty smooth for you? I, well, you, you always have. Oh, eventually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Complication. Being with people, you yeah, know, it's yeah. not easy. But I've, I find, I've always found a way to like, Communicate like, hey, it's not working anymore. Thanks for your help. I think we need a change or something. It's never been too complicated. Depending on how you. Yeah. I mean, it, right? yeah. you guys also work in hostels. There's oh, yeah. crazy. You always have that one very complicated <laughs> guess that you're like, fuck. It's gonna happen. happen. It's yeah. part of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With all of the beautiful ones. Yeah, it's yeah. It's most of yeah. 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 Majority of great people, but yeah. Very nice. And how about Guadalajara? What is the big reason travelers come here? What? What would you, it what was not a very, I was born here, it was okay. not a very touristic city. It yeah. started to be like 10 years ago. Mm, I think mostly this area, the center, the historical center, downtown, it's pretty, it's, it's nice, but it's not like super impressive. But I think this area, Colonia Americana, uh, was like an old, old houses, they're starting, they started to, well, a new university is open, so there was like more young people coming oh, to downtown. Yeah, that so always helps. Uh, music scene, uh, culture, cafes, restaurants, hostels started opening, bars, and I think the attraction it's, it could be also tequila. It's very close the town, tequila. Yeah. There's many like cultural events. It's not as expensive and crowded as Mexico City. Uh-huh. The food is good and. One of the things that I found out is also the, the, there's many people that come here and stay because they fall in love with a, a girl from here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. very common, man. That's a surprise about Love that. is in the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> happens a lot at the hostel, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's people that were, or people, I don't know. I, I feel like Guadalajara is a, a place where you can stay like four or five days and move somewhere else, kind of towards the center or towards Puerto Vallarta, Sayulita. But I've, I found it interesting also people like staying for longer because I don't know, they just like the city. It's, it's a big city, but it's very chill. It doesn't feel like... A, it's not overwhelming. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be if you're driving a car, if you're working here, but not as sure. a tourist just walking around. Yeah, yeah, it is very relaxing. Yeah, that's true. And how now kind of looking back, you know, 
five, uh, or pretty much five years in. Uh-huh. Is it what you thought it was going to be, running a hostel, owning a hostel, or? Uh, I thought it was going to be more demanding. It is, I mean, sometimes, but it, it's systems. fun. For me, I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, I've traveled before here, I've traveled, I've, I've been to many different hostels, so I kind of took ideas from different places. Yeah. I work in the hostel, I also do volunteers in different okay. countries, so... Yeah. So kind of learned from different hustles, mm-hmm. and I thought that the side of being a, how do you say, the host, yeah. Yeah. it was not going to be easy for me. It's been... It came naturally. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's good. We always say to our managers, if you're stressed out and you're not having fun, something's wrong. Exactly. Something's gone wrong because exactly. this is a fun job. It is, yeah. it is fun. Yeah. I found if, if you're doing fun, it right, it should be very enjoyable and the exact opposite of a cubicle, you know. <laughs> so, uh, it's always glad to hear other people, you know, sharing that, and we love that. A lot of aspiring hostel owners listen to this podcast, so it's always good for them to hear that too. Sometimes you'll get an episode where the owner is crying into the microphone. <laughs> you know, what would yeah, you, if I could take you back in a time machine, like, I wouldn't do it. And I'm like, oh god, yeah. Shit. So, well, it's good to hear that you are. It's not for everyone. Yeah, it isn't for everyone. And, you know, it can become challenging if you don't have good systems or the right attitude or outlook on things or if you take things personally, you know, a lot of things can yeah. start to eat away at you. How many volunteers do you have? Uh, usually around five. And then they live on site? Yeah. And you live on site? No, not anymore. Not anymore. I used to uh, yeah. sometimes, but not anymore. Yeah. 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 Uh, you got to separate. Separation, yeah. 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 No, that's good that you get some space and balance, yeah. and it, that will keep your longevity, yeah. too. <laughs> You'll be able to do it longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's for the for sure. detail, I feel like our hostel has so much great attention to detail mm. and art and stuff. What do you, how do you prioritize that to keep it looking so good all the time? Um, it's always, we're always adding something new. I mean, Keep it's it been long four years, but for example, someone gave us that um, piggy thing, ceramic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like more pants keep coming. Uh, the cafe's new. The this used to be like the living area. There was another sofa. Yeah. Now it's gone. And we've always been like constantly transforming the hostel. Nice. There, the um, the basement when we just opened, there, it was empty. It was mostly like for storage rooms, and we were not sure we were making like. Privates or dorms. Now they're female dorms. They're all they're been there for a year, I think. So. And a TV area. I don't know if you had a look down. I've been there. Yeah. Okay. So that's also kind of new. Okay. And every year we try to make something. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because there's always so many people coming in your hostel, so it's slowly, you know, getting wear and tear. Yeah. So if you're not constantly, you know, fixing it, keeping it up, refreshing yeah, so, it, adding yeah. new things, you can quickly find your hostel slowly yeah. going down so that's a great tip for hostel owners even if it's a little thing each day or you know a little bit each week just continuing to you said you were a, you're practicing sculpture i always refer to the hostel as a sculpture yeah right this yeah, is like it a, is. a sculpture it and is. we're always kind of you know sanding it or exactly, polishing it exactly. or carving something Constantly. out putting it's something always something you can like it's yeah. never ending never ending <laughs> it's a living and breathing beast yeah, yeah it is but it's more fun and enjoyable when you continue to cultivate it because if you were coming into the same exact place for five years, you'd become stagnant, and then you'd become heartbroken because that same exact place wouldn't look the same. It, it would similar, be broken yeah. down. It would be not what it was. So I think that's great advice to keep your your passion up. Yeah. And keep your passion in it is by keeping you know that cultivation going. And you said you were an artist before, and you can definitely see it within the bones of your building because you 
the little touches, you know, the details are also very okay. nice. Where do you want to go from here? Do you have a, are you going to open another place? Do you want to just make this place better? Or where does, I mean, for now, what's on the, what's this on the is, for you? but I would love, as you say, guys, like having one here, one on the beach, that's my dream. Yeah. That's always nice. Yeah, the beach getaway. The beach, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Also by the beach so I can move from the city and be there. That's, mm-hmm. but I see it more in the long term because I know if, I get to open our houses. Might not be the same with my family the dynamic. There, now I'm mostly in charge of this, right. so it has to be with someone else. But I'm not in a rush. But I would definitely love to. Yeah, yeah you're still so young. Yeah, yeah. still have some time. Have time. time. <laughs> your favorite still learning. Uh, yes, long way to go. Do you have a favorite beach destination that you love in, in Mexico? Mm. My dad is from Puerto Vallarta, I have family in Puerto Vallarta, so that area, it's always, my sister lives lives close from there. Uh, I used to live, I quit high school when I was young, I went to Sayulita. I was like a hippie living, surfing, and that's how it all started as well. (laughs) But now Sayulita has grown so much. I don't know, there's some bunches next to it, and my sister, she lives a little bit southern from like an hour, two hours from Puerto Vallarta. And there's like some beautiful beaches that are not too big. Now they're starting to grow a little bit more. Right. So maybe. Yeah. yeah. I had someone tell me, if you want to see what Sayulita felt like 10 years ago, go, go to San, San Pancho now. Exactly. Exactly. I went there and I was like, wow, this is super relaxed. It's super you know, chill, super yeah, relaxed. Chill. But you can tell it's getting... Some bunch as well, yeah. yeah both, both, both. both. And you see the prices going up. Both. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like you have to go to the next village now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Stay yeah, ahead of the happen, game. Yeah. Uh, now, Bobby was telling me about this famous sandwich, which we're going to go hunt down after we finish. Tortaudada. Yeah. Well, tell us about yeah. this. Yeah. 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 Make me salivate. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the attractions of Guadalajara as well, the, the food, like the yeah. gastronomy. Uh, and the music. If you want, if you can go a day to Tlaquepaque, that's how, talking about San Pancho, if you want to see how Guadalajara was like 50 years ago, okay. that's like the old traditional side of the city. Uh-huh. It's... Um, there's also with live music, there's a lot of art galleries, good food. Tortas Ahogadas, you can find them all over the city. Do you have a favorite one? If you, get, if you just have one when you visit Guadalajara, which one should you go for? Because uh, this is like a sandwich with like a meat. Yeah, meat right? is like pork. It's pork, like pork okay, and okay. it's ahogada, it's like singed in salsa. Uh, so it's usually t- like super spicy sauce. Now it's tomato, picante or not picante. That's okay. There's one very famous one. I don't remember the name, but he has a bicycle. I think it's just called La Bicicleta. Okay. Those are in center. But the thing about Tortos Delgadas, they don't change more the, much the flavor. The ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty similar. Okay. So There's also try. another thing called carne en su jugo. Oh. You can only get in Guadalajara. Carne en su jugo. Okay. It's like a beef stew with beans and oh. bacon. and it's You can only get it, well, it's from Guadalajara and the original place. It's not too far from here. Here it's called Garibaldi. Now this is a chain restaurant all over Mexico. Carnes okay. Garibaldi. Yeah. But the first one in the street is Garibaldi. It's, it's here. It's good, man. Nice. Try it. Yeah. Oh, very good. Any uh, yeah, any closing, closing words yeah. for closing uh, for aspiring hostel owners? Uh, oh, it's a, it's a it's kind of a if you're adventurous, if you like to travel, having a hostel, working a hostel is that for me. It is, I'm, this is where I grew up, this is where I was born, but I feel like I'm constantly also like traveling because I get to see people from all over the world. Right. It's amazing, it's an amazing adventure. I'll just say that it's... It's true. <laughs> I, I always like to say, 
you can stay in the same place and the world comes to you every exactly. day. Exactly, that was what I was yeah. trying to say. Right? I don't have to go very far. Yeah. It's, yeah. It comes to you every day. So there are some very good inspiring words for you aspiring hostel owners out there. But Roberto, thank you so much from the Boho oh, Hostel. Thank you, guys. I this. Come and check it out. I'm going to go hit up these sandwiches <laughs> and the fine delicacies of the town, and I will give a full report later on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.